you're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. And ready to go and ready to chat all things community. Yeah. Um, as always. Woo-hoo. How are you guys going today? Doing well. Yeah, Spent good. the morning doing paperwork. Mm. So I'm glad to be here. Yeah. With actual paper or PDF Real paper. Work? I printed it off. Mm. Wow. Yep. What is okay. that? It sounds foreign. Mm. I just had lunch dessert, so I'm feeling good. Which, Emily, you were like, lunch dessert's not a thing. It's very much a thing. Lunch. It was caramel slice, and I nailed it. It was the best caramel slice I've ever made. I've been watching a lot of Great British Bake Off, and I think it's mm. really enhanced my baking skills. Um, and I got to eat the reward, so that's exciting. Brilliant. Oh. Hey, Dad, what were you doing just before the podcast yeah. started? <laughs> uh, I was listening to a podcast. It, oh, it, it was, was it any good? Oh, it was just excellent. It was really thought-provoking. Mm. It was about community. Mm. Uh, had oh. some familiar some familiar voices on it. Um, yeah, it was it was good. I enjoyed that. You should hit subscribe. Like a... Tell your friends. Yeah, I might I might <laughs> do that. Yeah. yeah, it was it was fun, but it meant I was late to the recording of this one. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the irony, which is either the best. It's either the best or the worst reason to be late for a podcast is you were <laughs> listening to that podcast. To you, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lost track of time. But I love that you got so lost in it. You're yeah. enjoying it so much that you lost track of time. Yeah, well, there you go. Maybe, we ne- maybe we need to keep this episode shorter so Dad's on time next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for future Graham. Good thinking. Hey. Yeah. I'll find a different time to listen. Mm. Yeah, fair, fair enough. I mean, it's fresh though. So it'll be like a seamless conversation that you're a part of today. Maybe I just need to listen more carefully while we do it, that maybe that would be actually be part, be present in the conversation. That would be equally as enjoyable. Look, yeah. all that, mm. but I think the strength is that we're all very present here now. We are. We and are. we will continue the conversation. It's our last week actually looking at a few different things that we, as a, as a team, as a podcast team, um, decided strong community is characterized by. So we've been looking at this for a few weeks now, and I think a few of them didn't go where we anticipated. A Mm. few of the topics felt a little bit left field and yet worked in the end. And tonight, tonight, today, now, I mean, maybe it's tonight when you're listening, who knows? Um, We are looking at strong community as being inclusive. And I realize that that is um, potentially a loaded topic right now, but I think it's almost, it's always an important topic and I think it can be loaded, but I think it also can be quite a simple thing to think about how a community is inclusive. Uh, Rarely is an exclusive community 
super duper helpful. I think that's when it turns into a sports club. Um, I was thinking this morning, I'm glad the NBA is very exclusive to who they have on their teams because otherwise it would really suck, you know? And so there is elements of exclusivity being important. Um, But when it comes to Christian community, being inclusive trumps it being exclusive, obviously. So in what ways have you guys seen that be true? Or what do you think of when you think of an inclusive community? I would just say, first off, that I'm glad we're talking about this. Um, it's a multi-layered mm. topic and I'm sure we'll get into some of the layers. Just at the a very, I guess, top layer, or like the first thing that comes to mind is that before I came to City on a Hill, um, the church I was working at, I did a job that was sort of, uh, part of my job was welcoming and community and, um, and chatting to people. I really feel like the biggest issue sometimes people often have with Christian community is a sense of exclusiveness. And often Mm. the difference between someone joining a church and not was that perceived sense of um, how inclusive it was, Um, particularly that first, Mm. those first couple of times you visit and how um, welcoming and willing people are to invite you in Mm -hmm. um, to this community really is a big make or break uh, when joining a church. So yeah, I think this is really worth talking about because I think practically lived out, it has huge implications. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Totally, because we talked about how everyone has the desire to belong, right? That's, that's just a universal longing that community mm. matters to everyone somehow. And so to not have it hurts and to want to be part of a particular community and not be able to do that hurts. Um, I found a great C.S. Lewis quote this morning. And he said, it is, it is tiring and unhealthy to lose your Saturday afternoons, but to have them free because you don't matter, that is much worse. Oh, oh, wow. And I thought that's so good. Like there's a costliness to belonging and community and you have to keep turning up, Mm. but to never be invited, that's heaps Mm. worse. Mm. And so whatever we do, we want to have an eye to the outsider because there's pain involved in being an outsider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is there anything more heartbreaking than not being invited to the table? Or it's, I remember my mom in primary school getting whipped into, I've never seen such a motherly rage as when a girl had a, um, a party and she invited everyone but a few of us and handed out the invitations in front of us. I thought my mother was going to rip her limb from limb. Like it's, but it's something so heartbreaking about, mm-hmm. I don't know, even the TV shows that we watch or the stories that we hear of just that being an outsider mm. and not being welcomed in. Mm. And I think that's what can be really important in our roles as community builders within the church. Um, I've said a a lot of times I say it at most of our newcomers nights, we don't want to just be a friendly church. We want to be a church where you can make friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where this comes into play um, is realizing, you know, sometimes people might think I have enough friends. I've, I've got my quota. The bus is full, perhaps, you know, <laughs> but there's, there's this element of if we are wanting to be a community that is growing um, in breadth and in depth, there needs to be an element of you are welcome here 
and he, like, yeah, here's your seat at the table. Like here, here is an opportunity for you to be a part of it. And I'm not just going to be nice to you and then walk away, but we need, we need to be friends. We need to be willing to welcome people into our lives and include them and include them if they are just like us or include them if they are totally different from us. And I think that that's the beauty. That's the beauty with being inclusive as a community. Mm. You know, people often it, it it has to be much wider than ourselves. Yeah, mm. and and I think it's an especially Christian thing. It, mm-hmm. It's not an exclusively Christian thing to be an inclusive community, but it's necessarily a thing that Christians do because in community there's a basis for belonging. So so use the NBA example, M. The mm. basis for belonging to an NBA team is your mad skills with a basketball. That's the reason you belong, right? Mm-hmm. It's totally different when we talk about church. Yep. The reason you belong to God's family is because you're a sinner who got forgiven through no mm-hmm. fault or merit of your own. Mm. And so you don't bring anything to the table. And the, you, you don't really offer much as a basis for belonging, which means you don't get to set up a new basis for belonging above and mm. beyond what God has set up as the basis for belonging to his church, which is faith. So God invites all shapes and sizes and we have to roll with that, that we get mm. to roll with that. I, I would argue there's some real beauty and strength in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the basis for belonging is uh, not anything you do or mm. anything you bring or anything you like when it comes to Christian community. And so, uh, we love because he first loved us. We were welcomed, so we should be a welcoming people. And I think that's, yeah, it's not optional for your church to be uh, a place that's inclusive. I think it's a huge theme of the New Testament too, Dave, because in the early church they were grappling with um, Christianity growing out of Judaism. Right and how do they and the um, Israel had a view of those who were not Jewish as Gentiles for centuries and just how those two were going to get on when the church was now based around faith in Jesus and so Paul was going around the Gentile world and lots of people becoming Christians and just comes up again and again in the New Testament letters exactly this issue like what's the foundation of this church. And, uh, you know, statements like there's no Jew nor Greek mm. nor male nor female nor slave nor free. It's actually mm-hmm. making that, that point. It's not saying they're all exactly the same. It's just saying in Christ there's a, a new humanity that, that uh, supersedes or uh, is above any other kind of divisions that might happen in humanity. It's a, if, you, if you're looking for it in the New Testament... It comes up again and again, and it's not easy. It's really fraught. Uh, there's all sorts of things going on in the New Testament church, just trying to come to grips with this. What? Mm. How does it work, this in Christ community, when we're all so four centuries have been divided or socially stratified in the present, in the culture of the time or whatever it might be? But um, it, there's plenty, or, or I guess all I'm saying is there's plenty of biblical kind of leaning into this um nearly mm. every, every epistle every every letter in the new testament is grappling with exactly this issue yeah. mm. 
Yeah, this isn't a topic where theologically you've got to draw long bows. Like, no, it's, no. I feel like it's very clear. <laughs> it's very there. Yeah. yeah. And, and the key is we're in Christ. That's, that's what defines our identity now, not other ways. Yeah. That's the foundation. Yeah. Would, but, question then. Hmm. If you were to go to any church or a church and you find a church that's quite... Is homogenous the right word? Um, would we say that church is doing necessarily doing something wrong? Mm-hmm. That's a great question, Britt. I genuinely don't know the answer. Yeah. I am keen to hear what you guys think. Um, I think. Oh, you go, Dad. Oh, I, 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 I mean, it's in, in some ways it's human nature to flock with people who are a bit like you. Um, and so um, it, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, some, even within churches, like there'll be congregations of one church that tend towards a particular demographic because uh, people are a similar stage in life and um, uh, facing similar things in their walk with Jesus. It, it, I, I don't think it's all necessarily bad. There's a certain, but I, I tell you what, um, the, the foundation being in Christ, not our demographic, uh, certainly sounds a, a, a warning. Mm. Uh, if you find things are getting too homogenous um, and uh, to the point of, uh, you, it's kind of your world becomes quite small because uh, all the people are like you, have similar yeah. interests and issues. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I definitely think something to keep an eye on, even though uh, I, I can mm. see why it happens. I don't, I don't think we need to assume sin mm. at that point, but um, I tell you what, we need sure. to mm. be aware of the I mean, possibility yeah. for sin. Yeah, yeah. and so I, I mean, I think the way I'd say it is you don't have to be diverse, but you don't get to be exclusive. Nice. So yeah. there's a difference between being an inclusive community and <coughs> being uh, a diverse one mm. and uh, inclusive means the possibility for diversity is there but mm. if if that hasn't been realized yet that might be through no fault of your own right you mm. plant a church in a certain neighborhood with 30 people from your last church and you all happen to be around the same age mm. if you're not diverse yet you don't need to panic but you want to keep asking questions are, are we mm. inclusive or exclusive mm. uh, is the mm. reason we're not diverse because it hasn't happened yet? Or is it because we're ignorant of something or we're mm. drawing lines where they shouldn't exist? What, what's going on mm-hmm. that means we're not there yet? Because I think if you're not diverse, you are missing out. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think you have to be diverse, but there's something beautiful about it because you see a wider range of yeah. the body parts that God has arranged in the body of Christ and you get a, a more full reflection of what the church universal looks like and so there's something really good about diversity that is worth striving for if you can get it um mm. but if you're not there yet i, I don't think you're sinning yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. or anything mm. it, it's not it's a the, failure necessarily yeah, it's just a thing to keep an eye out on mm. yeah mm. i think it's too, something uh, that i sorry it's just something that mm. i think about in our gospel communities is we don't base our groups on demographics. You know, we base them based on where people live, 
the best we can. And sometimes that means groups are very diverse. <laughs> like it's funny, like some groups are just so different or like one person to another. And then there are some groups where there's just, it's not overly diverse. Mm. And so uh, like this has just been something I've been thinking through. So then like, the lack of diversity is like this opportunity you're like that you're missing out on. Mm. But we're also not saying that it's sinful mm. because my gospel community is mostly 20s, like late 20s, very early 30s. Mm. Like, um, and it, like, it's not overly diverse. Like if we're all in a room, you're not like, whoa, how did all these people meet each other? You know, but there's still this... Sure. this uh, huge need to be intentional in including one another and making sure that mm. whoever does walk through the door feels like they're included mm. even if they look exactly like me or in the same life stage you know single young professional living two k's from the city i still have to make sure that i'm being inclusive there and i think that 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 can be the tension like we can oversee yep. overlook people who look just like us for the sake of trying to then go further. Mm. Um, and so I think I, wa- I think I want to understand that a little bit more because that, mm. that's definitely a sticking point within churches mm. is this idea of cliques and circles of people that aren't overlapping. Right. And there's a fine line between these are my friends and that's really good and exclusive right. belonging. Yeah, mm. and, and you have to organize somehow, right? That's so right. we choose to do it around geography. Mm-hmm. And I would wager the reason your gospel community looks the way it looks is because that's the main demographic of people who live in North Melbourne and come yep. to our church. That's how that happens, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're not, we're not organized around diversity where we're trying to make the most mixed groups possible. We're just trying to get the people who live closest to one another together. Yeah, And that's got some good things to it, but has some limitations too. So we're an urban sure. church that meets in the center of Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who come to our church drive past churches to get there. Yeah. And so it, it's a really interesting discussion. Um, what, what role does geography play in church, in mm-hmm. mission, and in diversity and inclusivity of community? Um, mm-hmm. Because it used to be quite simple. Inclusivity was easy because your only job was to reach the people in your suburb. That's how every church organized itself, right? And that's how every life organized itself. Your Mm -hmm. kids went to school in that suburb. Your job was in that suburb. Everything happened in that suburb. And so, of course, Mm. you'd reach the people in that suburb. And, of course, that's where your Christian community was. But that's been blown up because people commute to work. And so I, I don't know many people who work in the city and spend as much time in their suburb as they do in the city. Um, and so you've got to ask the question, where is their geography? Are, are they city people or are they living in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne? Where, where are they living most of their life and which mm. part of the world should they focus on? And I don't have an answer to that. I'm just posing the question, right? Yeah. But I think um, it, it's a complicated question because uh, I'm not sure it's a fair criticism to say, well, you should never drive past a church to go to another church. Um, but I think it is a question you should ask. Is there a reason I'm driving past my localist church to go to another church or my localist gospel community to go to another gospel community? Because I think 
some of the time, the reason you drive past a good church to go to another church is because you're not being inclusive. It's because you've found more people who look like you, feel like you. it's a more comfortable community when you're circling. Not, not in every case, but I think it's probably true for people at our church. And I can't speak for anyone else, but I think it's true for people at our church mm. that they come to our church because there's more people like them there. And that's worth questioning mm. Mm. because uh, they might have something really unique and wonderful to offer as the only young adult in their suburb who goes to the local church full of people who are twice their age. There's some great diversity to be had there if they wanted to buy into it. So that's, uh, mm. you know, Food for thought. You do the yeah. dishes. I don't know. That's a, I'll throw the <coughs> grenade out there. And... Yeah, good. Nice grenade. I'm just sitting here, like, yeah, quietly. You know, and you're like, ooh. Makes a point, you're like, whoa. Yeah. I think just thinking of ways that maybe exclusivity subtly comes in, or maybe mm. ways that we have, yeah, ways that we maybe haven't realized before, too. I wonder in our gospel communities if there's a slight exclusiveness in terms of your level of gospel literacy or Bible mm. literacy. Like, sometimes I just think about what the experience might be when someone... We, we just have so much Christian jargon, you know, and so mm. much assumed knowledge that we have, particularly if you've maybe grown up in Christian circles. Potentially, you've got 20 years of just kind of um, hearing or thinking about these sorts of terms. And I wonder if one way subtly in our services in our gospel communities that we end up being quite exclusive is we use a real language or we just have a lot of assumed knowledge um Mm. and that's just another thing i've been thinking about in terms of this could someone coming to a gospel community who's never been to a church before never heard the gospel before could they come and feel included yeah um like i i I would hope and i expect that in Mm. the beginning everyone would be very welcoming and you know like but when the study starts Mm. Are we equally as inclusive then? Are yeah. we really thinking about everybody mm. in our group? Yeah. And I, I read this thought this morning that said, majority cultures never need protecting. And I think that's true there with that. Work out, are, are most people in your gospel community quite theologically literate? Are they used to this? Um, in which case, they're not the ones you need to be looking out for in your discussion. They'll be fine because that's mm. most of them. You want to work out who are the minorities in the group when it comes to their gospel literacy or it comes to their, uh, even their ability to read out loud. Mm. You want to be really inclusive of the minorities in the room Mm -hmm. because they're the ones who need defending and need support and need um, care. The the ones who are like everyone else, they'll be fine. And so you want to be extra conscious of it Mm. because um, the minority cultures are the ones that need your thought and effort. Mm. I always think. I remember. Mm. Yeah. Go on him. Sorry. Yeah, right. I, I just, I, there was this, it just reminded me of this moment, Tiz, in our gospel community. Oh, it would have been five or six years ago. I, I genuinely can't remember what sermon series we were a part of. We were somewhere in the New Testament and it referenced um, God's covenant with Abraham. And there was a guy in our gospel community who I thought was very brave in that moment. And he was just like, hey, just a quick question here. What is this covenant that we've just spent five minutes talking about? 
And it was just this moment of realizing, like we were all so excited that he was there because he wasn't yet a Christian and he was really trying to understand the gospel. And, you know, like you were saying, Britt, like they were very welcome. They were, he, he, you know, he was a part of our family. He was a part of our gospel community. And then, but there was just this moment where he was just like, so who, who is Abraham and what is this covenant? And mm. like, like I brought, I found such joy in that moment. Cause I was just like, Hey man, like, thanks for saying something because mm. we all read it and just kept going with this right. assumed knowledge. And like, I, I don't think I would have thought he would have felt outer until he said that and then I was just like I wonder what else we do say here um and like I'm really thankful that that happened you know it was five or six years ago but it has then changed how I try to make sure people in the room in my gospel community feel like they have a voice and have an opportunity to speak up and to like say things and feel included because he had said that and it just, and I like, I'm, I feel kind of a little bit ashamed that it took me that, like caught me that off guard, you know, like we pray that we would have people joining our gospel communities who don't yet know Jesus. Mm. But do we think about the implications of that? We weren't expecting it to happen. <laughs> you know, like, what, like he's in our gospel community. What, okay, what now? You know, like it's, yeah, um, totally. And then it was just. I can just picture it so very clearly and I'm really thankful for it. And so I think, I think Britt, you bring up a really specific element of being exclusive in our, in our communities, but one that a lot hinges on. Like Mm. if we're talking about the gospel in a way that someone who doesn't know the gospel can't understand, but they're in the room, what are we doing? (laughs) Like, we like we almost we need to check ourselves a little bit there. I think um, it, yeah. mm. so. The culture of our uh, our groups in our Bible study. I think one of the when it's a group together learning around a text, and the focus is on together learning from the text. That's quite important dynamic rather than because um, what the the text of the Bible. I mean, people you, you read what's there and people will automatically bring a whole lot of extra knowledge in. But the question is, is that what this passage is saying? And often the people who don't know as much, don't have as much background, have got heaps to contribute in that kind of conversation where Mm. together we're around a passage of the Bible and sort of bouncing off each other's to Because somebody who doesn't have all that background actually notices what's there. And I've seen that a lot, like when we were leading um, Introducing Jesus recently we would read the gospels uh, the gospel of luke together each week so we'd read in mm-hmm. pairs and just have an episode from jesus life oh wow was that rich because you have people who hadn't opened the gospel before suddenly mm-hmm. noticing jesus and mm-hmm. those of us who'd sort of read the stories or been around for ages we'd miss so much in those um in seeing jesus so somehow a a, a the tone of your studies is together around the passage rather than it sort of going through a couple of individuals who know a lot who answer all the questions. Um, so the text is king in the discussion. What does it actually say, not what do we assume mm. it says? I think that's probably a helpful antidote. Yeah, that's great. Mm. 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 
Yeah. I think that's, I think we've, I think we've touched on something really mm. specific and really helpful yeah. for what it looks like to be in community that is inclusive. And I think especially for those who aren't yet Christians, but are in our community. Mm. Like, I think that that's a really, um, I think that's one of the most important opportunities for diversity within our community of believers. Mm. Um, I have I have a final question for us, and I want to kind of flag that as the final one because I feel like it might. Um, I don't know which way it's going to go, and you might have like one. It might be a one word answer, and then, whoops. But a few weeks ago, Dave, you said, "Do for one what you want to do for all." And I think that that was a really helpful thing to think through. And I wonder how do we, how does that same thing apply when we're talking about being inclusive with community? Does it apply? Maybe, maybe it doesn't. And this is open to everyone, but I just, I'm quoting you, Dave. I, I just, I found myself thinking about that earlier today of that I want to do for and what I can do for all because we can't do everything for everyone. But what does that look like when we are trying to build a community that is inclusive of anyone who walks through the door? I feel terrible because I can't remember Dave quoting like saying that. <laughs> what was the context? Wasn't the idea that you... Maybe you can't care for everybody, but you do have values on how you yeah, like everybody to be treated. So you do what's in front of you. You do do for one what mm -hmm. you would want to happen for Wish all, but or, yeah. but you can't always. And um, hmm. I'm just I'm just wondering. Yeah. Does yeah. it? I mean, maybe it doesn't apply at all. Maybe it's such yeah. a separate thing. But I I think as yeah. as we have such a big church. Yeah. And we have people joining constantly. I want to make sure that we care well for the individual. And so what does that look like? I think it's a helpful principle um, for us to remember. Uh, maybe linked to it is uh, do for others as you'd have them do for you. That is um, mm. the, the things that... It's not just, as catchy as my quote, but that's okay. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I try, you know. Um, I'm just thinking... Um, Often, often to be aware of what we find uh, when we find we've been put on the outer. And um, I think part of, I, I think say for me, say at church, it could be uh, conversations that you have with people where they're, they're scanning the room or thinking about the next conversation. There's kind of, you don't quite connect. So you start talking about something and doesn't seem to be interested. I, I think one aspect of doing for one what you'd like all to do is um, a genuine curiosity about people, a genuine mm. active listening mm. Um, mm. to how they see the world, where they're coming from. That's not judgmental. It just, I'm, I'm quite interested in you at the moment <laughs> um, mm. uh, to find out how you see the world, what you love, what you, what you hate, what, what, um, what you do with your time and, not not in a nosy, gossipy way, but just no. I, mm. cause I, I, the reason that resonates with me because I love it when I have a conversation with somebody who's like that towards me. I think mm. Uh, mm. we we all know the difference between a <clears throat> an active 
actively listening conversation and one that's um, a little bit um, distracted or perfunctory. Mm. Uh, in some ways, you've got a genuine, oh, I'm interested in your world. Um, mm. How do you see that? What do you think about things? What, um, yeah. Can I answer by slightly disagreeing with the quote? Which one? Sure. One. Um, well, in that, what we do for one, we do for all. Yeah. Maybe when it comes to inclusivity, there isn't a blanket rule of what we do for all in terms of, and this is me answering with my occupational therapy hat on, um, mm. oh, in that right. so much of when you come and you assess a client or a patient is looking at them as the individual um, and you look at them holistically, you know, you're looking at them as a person, you're looking at their environment, their support structures, their roles, everything like that. Um, and thinking, what does this person need? How am I going to help them? What are their goals? What are their, and what do they need to thrive? Or what do they need to achieve their goals? And maybe in terms of inclusivity, it's thinking when we meet a person, because everyone is so different and everyone's mm -hmm. going to have different needs in terms of what's going to help them feel included. And I would hope that, and so I'm thinking, trying to think about people too in our congregations who maybe have um, a disability, people who have um, maybe a, um, different literacy level or um, who English is not their first language or who come um, yeah, from a different culture, a different background, what is going to help them be included? Because mm. um, I think mm. it's going to look so mm. different. What I needed when I moved, I mean, everyone needs kind, don't get me wrong, everyone needs to be loved well, everyone needs kindness, everyone needs mm. to be seen, everyone needs to belong. Mm. But yeah. I think part of good inclusivity is thinking really specifically. Like we said, like how do we think specifically for the person mm. who's never been to church before? Mm. How do we think really specifically for this person who maybe has this type of disability? Like mm. what's going to be helpful for them and how can we include them and love them in a really intentional way? Mm. Maybe it's the language we use. Um, yeah, maybe it's the way we set up our physical environments. Maybe it's um, yeah the way that we speak. It's the way we relate. Maybe they need an invitation to this type of thing mm. Um, mm. and that will be really particularly important for them. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think in this case, you're right, Em, in that I think we think about the one really carefully or we think about communities really carefully um, mm -hmm. or the different demographics in our congregation really mm. carefully because we mm. are so different. Um, yeah. So that's my final thought. Yeah. Nice, nice thought. Uh, <laughs> if I might humbly defend my quote, because I 100% 100% agree with you, Britt. I think that's gold. I, I think the, the quote is not do for one what you would do for all. It's do for one what you wish you could one, do for all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so yep. there's an acknowledgement that you can't sit down. Sorry, I misquoted you. With No, that's okay. <laughs> yep. um, you can't sit down with everyone and have that conversation the way you'd like to in yep. a big church like ours and have a... Nice. Uh, yeah, you can't customize everything about our church for every individual who walks through the door yeah. but do for one person what you wish you could do for everyone when you have yeah. those conversations have them well be yeah. as open and curious as you can be as caring yeah. and accommodating as you can and i think the thing i'd say in answer to your question em is do that for the person who looks like they least belong mm. you just have to choose at some point who you're going to yeah. listen to, who you're going to spend time with, who you're not. And the path of least resistance is to spend it with the cool kids. And I'm not sure that's what Jesus would have done. <laughs> I think you find the person who looks most out of place at your church. Mm -hmm. Find the person who feels most out of place in your small group mm 
and ask them how to make it a more welcoming and inclusive environment yeah. for them nice. yeah. and yeah. build around that. And yeah. I think if you do that, you'll find everyone feels like they're on mission together. You're all closer than you were before. And that becomes a really community building thing, I think. Um, mm. yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that just speaks to me that it turns out inclusivity is costly. Yeah. Yeah. Given, mm. given what both Brit and Dave have just said, I was thinking, wow, okay, that's, you, you're making choices mm -hmm. and decisions that you might not um, naturally drift towards for the sake of others. Yeah. It's, uh, it can be a costly business, mm. inclusivity. Mm. Yeah, it can. But as people who have felt included at different times and p potentially felt excluded at different times, like we see the cost as worth it. Mm. And I think as, mm. as people who are changed, as I think as you were saying earlier on, yes, Dave? Oh, I just put my <laughs> hand up. And I was oh. <laughs> waiting for Emily to finish, but then okay. she, she addressed Sorry. me as though that's fine. I, Sorry, I, was I got say, very confused. Then. No, you're you're spot on, Em, and and we I are just seamless. I think I just want to second what you're saying. We we are in as a group of four people. We belong, yeah. right? There is we need to acknowledge that we're yeah. just as close to the inner sanctum as you can get as four mm. members of a church staff team, right? So don't don't hear us saying this as. Um, people on the outside looking in. I, I think that's um, yeah. that's worth saying. But but I also think the responsibility for this belongs with the people on the inside. Yes. The ones who feel like they belong are the only ones who can be inclusive and welcoming to those who don't feel like they belong. Mm -hmm. And that's where the burden is for inclusivity, mm -hmm. is that if you're part of this thing, it's your job to invite others to be part of this thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's just a mark of Christian maturity. Right. Yep. Nice. Maturity is always manifest in service. And so as you grow more and more mature, you're going to be more and more aware and caring for the people who are less mature. Mm. And the other mature people around you will totally get on board with that agenda. But yep. I think that's, that's just, it needs to be said because I think there'll be people who listen to this who don't feel like they belong in their own church. Mm -hmm. And they're wondering why. And I'm, I'm nervous it comes across as hypocritical four members of the inner sanctum tell everyone else how to belong at a church. I think that the first thing I'd want to say is if you feel like you belong, this is on you. Yeah. It's your job to make this work. If you don't, I'm sorry. And mm. it might be that people have failed you and I hope that changes. Um, but keep pursuing Jesus. But if you do feel like you belong, get to work. Yeah. Sorry. That's why I put my hand up. Yep. Yeah. And Good we're going to leave it with that. That's, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. Get to work. Yeah. I think Good that's stuff. advice that we can give and advice that we can take. Mm, absolutely. And that's good. We need to take ownership of that. So good landing of the plane there, Chiz. I'm glad I saw that hand. It was not my intention to land the plane. I'm we sorry. You, you had Don't. the landing stuck. It was, no, it was... We I got picked there. a different runway and then we... It was very bumpy. <laughs> but here but we, we landed. Steer us, steer it was us exactly to the gate, what Emily. it needed to be. It was exactly yeah. what it needed to be and I think that that is good and right. And so we're going to leave it there. Great. It's been fun. Yeah. As always. 
<laughs> Dave's awkwardly making faces at me. I'm never and... putting my hand up again. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's good. And so we will talk to you guys next week. Until then, keep trusting Jesus and wash your hands. See ya. Peace. Bye. See you later. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.